This is the Black and Blue Report presented by ABC Insurance Agencies, a better choice for insurance. Now from Studio B or wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Good Monday to you. Welcome in, everybody, to the Black and Blue Report, the podcast for Saints and Pelicans fans. I'm Sean Kelly, and greetings from Studio B at the uh, headquarters of the New Orleans Saints and the New Orleans Pelicans in Metairie, Louisiana. We're ready to start a new week of podcasts for you. We've got a lot to cover this week. It's going to be a pretty busy one, I think, with the Saints back in action this coming weekend against the Carolina Panthers. The bye week has now been concluded, and, of course, the Pelicans finishing up their trip in China. And uh, so with that, we'll, we'll, we'll touch on everything today. Hey, did you know that our podcast is now available on the TuneIn Radio app? That's right. It's just, just yet another way that you can uh, take in this uh, piece of what we call No Appointment Radio. And so whether it be now through a subscription through iTunes, which is free, on your Pelicans mobile app, your Saints mobile app, or on the two team websites, TuneIn is a, is a great way to listen to a lot of games, but also a lot of content through either the Saints or Pelicans channels. And uh, I've started using it myself and uh, hope that you'll help us spread the word that this is yet another way that you can stay in touch with your team and uh, and also partake of the great conversations we've been able to uh, produce for you on this podcast. Speaking of great conversations, today we have a very interesting one. Doug Morrow is um, a, a longtime, uh, I guess, installation in, of course, the sports scene in New Orleans. Doug has been the PA announcer at Zephyr Field for years and years, so you, of course, may know him from the uh, baseball games right uh, next door to us on Airline Drive. But many don't know that he's been the longtime public address announcer in the press box of the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. You, of course, hear a different PA system as a fan, the media up in the press box. Here's the voice of Doug Morrow, who relays all kinds of statistical information and, of course, the information from play to play. He's seen a lot over the years, and he'll join us today, share a story or two about his experience watching both teams up close and personal. As we get ready for the Carolina Panthers this weekend, we'll look, of course, at the Panthers playing tonight on Monday Night Football, but we'll also start our preparations this week by hearing from Saints defensive coordinator Dennis Allen. He spoke to the media late last week, and I want to share with you today his entire entire conversation with him. It was a conference call, and uh, we'll have that on today's Black and Blue Report. And then, of course, the Pelicans are now in their second city on the China trip. They're in Beijing now where they'll play the Rockets one more time before returning home to finish up training camp and the preseason schedule. The trip last week began in Shanghai where they played the Rockets over the weekend, uh, falling to Houston 123 to 117 there have been a uh, plenty of uh, uh, workouts already for the pelicans on this trip they've also taken in some of the culture and experienced uh, china in a much different way than uh, perhaps many would have expected uh, alvin gentry touches upon that for us today we'll break down the 123 117 loss and also share with you some of the post-game thoughts of anthony davis uh, today on the black and blue report so a lot to cover today i hope you'll uh, Take it all in and uh, also spread the word, as we mentioned earlier, about our new outlet of TuneIn. And we'll take our first break. When we come back, we'll break down the China box score in a couple of different ways and hear from Coach and Anthony Davis both. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. 
All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local Winn-Dixie and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup. The hearty way to fuel your game. And the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. From sunup to sundown, there's no end to the great time you'll have at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Join us October 26th through 30th at the Country Club of Jackson for a full course of action. From first-class golf to fan-pleasing fun and, of course, lots of fresh, delicious 100% natural chicken. All to raise money for Friends of Children's Hospital. So don't miss a single stroke of excitement at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Visit SandersonFarmsChampionship.com for tickets today. The Pelican Shop by Adidas has all your Pelicans merchandise needs, including officially licensed men's, women's, and children's apparel, jerseys from all your favorite Pelicans players, and more. Plus, it's the official location to pick up the newly released Pelicans Mardi Gras uniform. The Pelican Shop by Adidas, located on Dave Dixon Drive in the Smoothie King Center, is open at all Pelicans home games, plus Tuesday through Friday, 11 a.m. till 5 p.m., on Saturday from 11 a.m. till 3 p.m., and anytime at pelicans.com. We're talking Pelicans basketball on the Black and Blue Report. By the way, I hope that you all enjoyed the great fall weather over the weekend in southeast Louisiana. I know that uh, many of you listen outside of the, uh, the metro area, and we hope that you had a great weekend as well. So many people got out and about with the Saints off, and of course the LSU Tigers game was postponed and the, and the Pelicans being away. So uh, I think a lot of folks got to recharge their batteries. Hey, let's talk about the the Pelicans' performance against the Houston Rockets. Both teams uh, went at it offensively. Uh, it was it was a, a full house in uh, Shanghai at uh, Mercedes-Benz Arena, and they were treated to I don't want to say an all-star game type performance from both teams, but obviously it was high octane. And defensively for the Pelicans, I know that they would like to uh, do a little better, not only of course in uh, points allowed, but also this ongoing conversation that Coach Gentry has had about uh, being better in transition defense. Fast break points heavily favored the Rockets, who went on to win by six. Uh, and when you hear the final score, keep this in mind about the way the two teams played and uh, and manned things, especially late. Mike D'Antoni and the Rockets elected to use most of their starters in the key moments at the end of the game, whereas Alvin Gentry had already pulled most of his uh, front-line guys and so, therefore, I think that has something to say about how the final score turns out. But Etwan Moore, who is uh, your new shooting guard, finished the game with 25 points. Anthony Davis had 23 points on 7 of 15 shooting. He was also 9 of 11 at the free throw line. And speaking of the free throw line, Omer Ashik has drastically improved his free throw shooting, at least here during training camp and the preseason. It's the reward for hard work over the summer. We, of course, hope it translates to the regular season. It was a part of one of his best games yet. 14 points, 14 rebounds, 10 of which came on the defensive glass. Omer also had five blocks on the uh, defensive end of the floor. Should note that Tim Frazier uh, finished with not the seven points, but more importantly, nine assists in the basketball game. So Houston 123, New Orleans 117. Head coach Alvin Gentry, let me back up just a second. First of all, the audio that we're going to hear because of the media situation and and uh, not the normal setup the audio that you're going to hear is not 
quite as clear as normally as you would hear after a game, say, at the Smoothie King Center. But I want to share anyway, this is head coach Alvin Gentry uh, talking about the uh, preseason game number one against the Rockets in China. It's two very really good offensive teams. Uh, I thought both teams uh, started the game out uh, running, uh, playing up-tempo. And then I thought that, obviously, <clears throat> the defense had to get better. I thought at the halftime, uh, we, did a, we did a good job uh, in what we were trying to get done as far as uh, pick and rolls and some of the things that they were doing. Uh, and then we had a couple of chances to win the game at the end. And just, you know, we just didn't get it in the basket. A uh, couple of, uh, excuse me, a couple of open shots, a couple of uh, uh, situations where we had a tap-in, layup, we ran into each other. So those are the kind of things that I think you uh, can uh, correct, but they, those are the kind of things that happen in the preseason. Jim Eichenhofer and our digital media team that's with the Pelicans in China also uh, were able to stick a microphone in the vicinity of Anthony Davis as he spoke about Sunday morning's game. AD, uh, any 20 can answer this too. Um, what do you like about what you're seeing from some of the stuff that omer has been doing? And also for AD, if you could just talk about um, just the way that etwan has been playing in preseason as well as the way he played tonight. Um, Omer has been playing awesome. You know, uh, he's been making free throws, um, playing great defensively, rebounding the ball, blocking shots, um, you know, playing great offensively. Uh, any path that comes from he's catching it, dunking it. So um, that's the way we're going to need to play throughout the, <clears throat> the first of preseason and going to the regular season as well. Um, and for E, um, you know, he's very confident in his game. And so um, when he gets going, he gets going. And, you know, for him, you know, last game, you know, we all struggled shooting the ball and then, you know, come out tonight and, you know, shoot the ball very well. So um, it's all about confidence. And, you know, he has a lot of it right now. And, you know, we want him to shoot the ball even if he missed it. You know, we try to keep shooting, so because um, he's a great shooter. So, you know, he he he's so versatile; he can do so much. You know, um, pass, shoot. Uh, he got a runner. You know, so he can handle it. So it's a lot that he brings to the table, and um, you know, we gonna want that from from him for the rest of the season. One more thing before we wrap up our segment here about the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, Jim Eichenhofer did have a couple minutes to sit down with. Pelicans head coach Alvin Gentry about a day or two into the trip as that started to progress, uh, say, Thursday, Friday. And uh, here were some of the initial reactions from Coach Gentry about um, the team and uh, their experience uh, overseas. impression of, like, this arena. I mean, this is a real, it seems like a real place. Well, I think everything about this is nice, you know. And it's kind of pretty kind of ironic that it's the Mercedes-Benz arena, you know. We can relate to that back in New Orleans, okay. Uh, but it's a very nice place, very clean. Everybody here has been so, uh, the hospitality has been really unbelievable. And then, uh, you know, last night, the place that we ate, you guys were there. Uh, I don't know if there's a nicer place anywhere. And I think the most impressive thing I think I, I felt about this uh, city is that, you know, for a city of 25 to 30 million people, it's unbelievably clean. I mean, there's a lot of pride here and the, the streets are clean. Everything is very clean about it. You kind of touched on one thing, but I was going to ask you from the first couple days that we've been here, what, did, what do you think has been the, the highlight so far for you? Just is it the, like just seeing the city basically in the skyline and everything? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, you know, I mean, obviously there's a ton of history here. 
an incredible amount of history here. So uh, that's the, that that's it. And then the hospitality, I, I don't. I think it's second to none. Uh, any place that I've been, anywhere, you know, the the way the people are here, the way they treat you, uh, they want everything first class. They want everything to be, you know, so nice for the people here that. Uh, uh, you know, it, it's it spoils you. It really does. They want. It, it's been the people have been over the top great, and then when you add the city, and you add the cleanliness of it, and the way everything is, it's a, it's a terrific trip. All right, so there you have it. And the Pelicans will play the Rockets one more time. That meeting will be in Beijing before uh, both teams head back to the United States. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll let you meet Doug Morrow. Uh, our special guest today on this Monday edition of the Black and Blue Report, right after these messages. Auctioner believes the best way to predict the future is to invent it. Here, our doctors and staff are changing lives day after day. Every week, I'm operating on babies who are days old with hearts smaller than walnuts. We're giving these kids a life they wouldn't otherwise have a chance to grow up. Sometimes cancer patients come who were told they were out of options, but Auctioner has the most clinical trials in the state. It's amazing to be able to give second chances. We're always a step ahead, even with simple things, like getting you in to see a doctor today versus a week from now, so what you have doesn't become something bigger. It makes a difference. Every day, Auctioner is creating a better future by looking forward and thinking differently to find life-changing solutions. That's healthcare with peace of mind. Appointments are available today. Call 866-AUCTIONER or visit auctioner.org. Gatorade, for athletes who move the game forward, we're creating the fuel to do the same. Innovating beyond hydration to create the future of sports fuel. Fueling today, fueling the future. From sunup to sundown, there's no end to the great time you'll have at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Join us October 26th through 30th at the Country Club of Jackson for a full course of action. From first-class golf to fan-pleasing fun and, of course, lots of fresh, delicious 100% natural chicken. All to raise money for Friends of Children's Hospital. So don't miss a single stroke of excitement at the Sanderson Farms Championship. Visit SandersonFarmsChampionship.com for tickets today. Hi, it's Mark Romig. When I'm not announcing touchdown Saints, I'm listening to the Black and Blue Report. Still to come here on the Black and Blue Report, Dennis Allen's uh, media conference call from late last week as the Saints continue to uh, uh, get ready for Carolina now. Uh, But as promised, an interesting guest today of of, a fixture on the New Orleans sports scene that I know some of you may know about. Others not so much, and maybe after the conversation you'll you'll know more and you'll recognize in the future. But we're pleased to welcome in Doug Morrow uh, to the Black and Blue Report. Doug uh, spent 13 years as the public address announcer at Zephyr Field. He's the longtime press box PA announcer for the New Orleans Saints. He's done the same for the All-State Sugar Bowl and the New Orleans Bowl as well. And I'm probably forgetting something, Doug. Thanks for joining us, and, and I'm sure hopefully you'll help us uncover the other stuff too. Oh, Sean, thank you for having me. I certainly do appreciate being on here. But you're I, right, I, I would have like... been announcing around the city for a long time now. What got you started, Doug? Well, I started when I was 10 years old with my 
both my older brothers, David and Daryl, of course, they're well-known for their sports accolades throughout the city as well. And when they were playing in the Babe Ruth Baseball League out at the old Wesley Barrow Stadium, when they would come up to bat, I'd go ask Furman Sims and Ronnie Gonzalez, who ran the league, hey, can I announce my brothers And when they come to bat? And they said, well, why don't you do that whole half inning? And they taught me. They gave me the opportunity, and it grew from there. Who gave you your first break uh, at the professional level, Doug? Oh, gosh, I guess that would go. In in essence, it, it kind of stemmed from there. Furman continued, then got me on the Nord payroll when I was old enough um, and working the Babe Ruth League. And from there, it was Dillisle basketball when I was a student. Actually, before I was a student there, I started doing and continued through my student years. Then uh, my brother David became the, the baseball coach at Jesuit and said, I need you to announce my games. And then I started doing those. But then Will Penegy uh, pushed my name to Ron Maestri to be the baseball announcer and eventual basketball announcer for UNO. Wow. There is a difference between, I guess, the public uh, address role that you have had at Zephyr Field and, and throughout those years that you're describing with UNO and then the role that you have as press box announcer uh, for the Saints, the Sugar Bowl, and the New Orleans Bowl. I think it would be best, Doug, if, if it were you to explain to fans what the difference between the two are. And you're right. There are very, very different roles. The, the idea of a public address announcer kind of engages the situation for the fans. If you've got a very close game, let's say in baseball, and towards the end of the game and the tension of the game, and you want to get the crowd into your batter coming up, you know, you put a lot of vocal intonation into that, as opposed to a press box announcer where I'm giving the basic facts of a play to the media so they can report on it, so they can get the accurate stats, maybe some record by the team or by a player. So I've got to be very clear and just straightforward about that and make sure it's exact. And the, working with the Saints stat crew, those guys are phenomenal. I mean, Gail Latool, Leon Latool, Bob Remy, Gabe DeRocca, we're a team up there. Doug, this, so this, this role. No, I was going to say, go ahead and finish. But those are some things that I would say that make it so much different. You, it's less about in press box announcing about getting the fans involved and it's letting as a press box announcer, letting the reporters, letting the media go about doing their work to the best of their ability. With that being said, I I, I would have to say that the list of people uh, would be rather short as far as who could equal you in firsthand witnessing of sports in new Orleans. Is that safe to say? Ooh, I would say, you know, it's there. there's a lot of people who have seen a lot of sports from a fan base, from a working base. I mean, I, I would think that the late Jerry Romick comes to mind for me of all the Saints games, the Sugar Bowl games. He announced a lot of two-lane games as well. You know, I, and the times that I got to spend with Jerry, I just listened. I listened and learned from him. 
Share with me your most unique story over the years. There's got to be a good one or two there. Oh, gosh. I, mispronouncing T.J. Fushmanzada. And I kept practicing his name over and over again, and the stat crew just all looked at me and laughed at me because they heard me saying his name out loud in practice over and over. And the first time he caught a pass, I said, T.J. Fushmanzadu. And it was okay. I'm gonna I'm gonna get hit by this one because we're all guys and we've got to make fun of one another when we make clear mistakes. And it was it was one. And even press even reporters kind of looked at, back at me and shook their head at me, and they knew I made the mistake and they knew I was practicing. That for me is just one of those moments. But then there's the chilling effects that you know, being back in the dome after Hurricane Katrina, uh, getting a phone call from from the Saints media relations department and saying, look, the NFL is going to contact you. They want, we've recommended you to go to London. I mean, that's such a humbling effect there when they say you're as good as anybody in the country to do this work. We want you there. Now that's, that gives me chills when I even think about it. Have you have you stopped at any moment to think, you know, you mentioned the, the coming back to the Superdome, the trip to London, I'm sure the run to the Super Bowl for the Saints, and even to some extent the survival of minor league baseball in New Orleans. Do you ever stop to think that that this is somewhat surreal, Doug? Uh, no, I can't say. I don't think of it in that way. I guess because one of the things, I guess, I like the reality of it all. So I don't look at it as surreal. I look at it as very real and just grateful and humbling that I'm a part of it. Is there anything that you would, is there anything that you would like to do that you have not yet either witnessed or tried your hand at? It would probably be away from sports and it would be voiceover work, commercials, something in that regard to, to branch out, because I've, I've announced football, I've announced basketball, uh, I've announced baseball. Last year was the first time when the USA women's soccer team, I was invited to announce that with uh, Emmy Wambach's last game. You know, so I was a part of that too. And to be asked to continually do things, that, again, I, I go back to the word humbling. It, it's so true when... I'm invited to be a part of something. And I'll throw a little bit of admission that I've worked for it. You know, I I've, I have respect for the work that I do. And it's always about learning more. It's not about saying I know something. It's about I've learned from others to do this. How have you handled the notoriety that may come with uh, your voice, uh, having been heard by so many fans over the years, Doug? I can tell you that as a school teacher and working with 11, 12, and 13-year-old boys, when they come up to me and say, we heard you at this game or at that game, we knew that that was your voice, or especially kind of went back for Zephyrs when it was those close games and there was some added energy and added just intonation of a, of a name and the, and the kids will ask, Hey, will you do this name for us right here in class? 
when we have a break. That to me is just kind of a, it's a fun thing to have that happen. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's interesting, uh, Doug, uh, as you are an educator at uh, Christian Brothers School, uh, as a school teacher, uh, as a public address announcer, informing fans of the moment, uh, who the players are and what their role is, and then also making sure that the media is squared away on the historic uh, significance of a particular situation or, or who's able to play that day or not. The bottom line is this. The more I think about Doug Morrow, the more I think that the man's just a lifelong educator, just in different ways on different days. It's always said an educator has to continue learning. And I go back to it. I might teach, but I also have to learn a lot. And it, it stays with this. Every now and then I get to travel to one of the other cities that the, when the Saints play. Been a few years since I've done that, but whenever I do, I ask, can I please get a press pass so I can listen to their press box announcer so I can maybe take something back with me from them. So there's guys all over the league that do this, and I want to be as good as anyone. Well said, and that's why you'll be doing this for a long, long time. Doug, I'm glad we asked. I'm glad you said yes and I hope that fans uh, uh, are appreciative of, of your work, uh, some of it out front, some of it in the back over the years. Well, I'm very happy that you asked me. It's um, quite an honor to be a part of all this in the city and to be recognized in the city for, for the work that I do. It's, um, I think it's not only a tribute to the work that I do, but it's a tribute to the people I work with and the people who have taught me along the way. There's been some great people out there through the, through all these years. Well, fans, there you have it. You may, you may have heard his voice before, but if you've heard a stat or number from somebody else's voice, it probably came from Doug's first. Doug, thank you very much. All the best this week to you uh, over there at Christian Brothers School, and uh, I'll see you at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome next Sunday. Sean, thank you for inviting me, and I'll see you there Sunday. All right. Saints conversation. Dennis Allen, still to come right after this. Got a long day ahead? Power on with Smoothie King's new coffee high-protein smoothies. It's a nutritious breakfast blended to shift your morning into high gear with delightfully smooth cold-brewed coffee for your mind and at least 30 grams of protein for your body. Try all four energizing flavors, vanilla, almond mocha, raspberry mocha, and cinnamon latte, and power on your day. New coffee high-protein smoothies. Coffee for your mind and protein for your body. Only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. We all know Saints fans are humble, hardworking, likable, and the most devoted fans in the league. All of that takes energy. The energy you get from a warm bowl of Campbell's Chunky Soup. Its meaty goodness fuels the greatness of Saints fans everywhere. Try the delicious Chunky Chicken and Sausage Gumbo. Just visit your local supermarket and ask for Campbell's Chunky Soup, the hearty way to fuel your game, and the official soup of the New Orleans Saints. Don't miss any of the New Orleans Pelicans action this season. Pick the four games that are right for you. The Pelicans Pick 4 plan presented by Domino's guarantees seats to see Anthony Davis and your New Orleans Pelicans take on the biggest names, including matchups against Golden State and Cleveland. 
Packages start as low as $40 and come with a free medium one-topping pizza from Domino's. To pick your four games, visit pelicans.com today. Want to listen to the Black and Blue Report on your phone? Download the Saints and Pelicans app today. Well, the New Orleans Saints are back to work this week after the bye. They are also back in division play when they host the Carolina Panthers this coming Sunday at the Mercedes-Benz Superdome. The Panthers will play tonight on Monday Night Football. They will not have Cam Newton, a quarterback. Newton is still in the NFL uh, NFL's uh, concussion protocol. It's uh, way too early to determine whether or not he'll be able to play uh, when they get to New Orleans this coming weekend. Late last week, a couple of the assistant coaches, including – Defensive coordinator Dennis Allen held conference calls with the media. You may have heard or read uh, a clip or two from that. Let's uh, play its in, uh, that uh, that session in its entirety for you and uh, allow Dennis Allen to give us kind of the state of the defense through the first four games as we get set now to resume work and head toward Carolina weekend. Coach, what, what what's your assessment of the defense just through the first four games and where do you think you guys sit right now? Well, look, I mean, I think um... – I think the big thing for us is is developing our consistency. Uh, I think that's where uh, we haven't been as consistent as we as we needed to be. There's been times where we played really well on defense, uh, and then there's obviously been times where we haven't played as well. Um, you know, I've been I've been pleased with some of the development of some of the young players, uh, but yet. Gatorade, for athletes who move the game Uh, forward, we're creating the fuel to do the same. Innovating beyond hydration uh, to create the future of sports fuel. Fueling uh, today, fueling the future. I still still like the direction that we're headed as a defense. Um, I think we got to, you know, just continue to work to get better and, and, and look at what we can do from a coaching staff standpoint you know, of how we can put guys in a little bit better position to, to, to make some plays, um, you know, and, and then, uh, you know, and then hopefully at some point we'll, we'll begin to get some of our some of our guys back and get a little bit healthy and, and uh, you know, have a chance as, as this season goes along, goes along to, to really improve as a defense. Dennis, you just mentioned, you know, wanting some guys back. How big of a loss was Delvin Brooks? Well, look. I think anytime you lose a player of that caliber, I think it 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 uh, it it hurts you. Uh, you know, as a as a, as a group. Um, you know, he he's a guy that we feel like um, that we can put out there, and and he's going to win his matchup, regardless of who he's going against. We feel confident that he's going to. Uh, you know, more times than not, is going to have an opportunity to win his matchup, and and so when you have that, you know. Uh, you know, certainly from a play caller standpoint, uh, it, it, it makes things easier as to, you know, what you feel like you can do and what you feel like you can call. So, so yeah, that's a that's obviously a, you know a, a big loss uh, of of not having him. But uh, um, you know, we we've got to you know we've got to deal with that and, and and figure out ways that we can play good defense without him. Coach, there was a, would it be fair to say though that? You have to be more creative without him. Um, well, look, I I don't think that you. I think everything that you do as a coach really needs to be with the thought process process in mind of, you know, not only what you're doing but who you're doing it with and and what can those guys do well. And so, 
you know, I think I think you know, obviously, to say that you just sit here and and, and say we're going to roll out the same game plan um, with with without Delvin Bro, uh, you know, I don't think that's I don't think that would be the prudent thing to do. So I, so yeah, I think I think you have to uh, I think you have to 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 look at some things differently. Uh, you know, when you don't have certain guys. Coach, when you look at Stephon Anthony, is it safe to say that he's hit a sophomore wall, or, or where do you think he is from year one to year two? Yeah, well, look, I think I think with Steph, I think one of the things that that uh, uh, he's got to continue to do is just grow. Um, you know, from from just understanding. You know the the uh, the pro football game and and uh, uh, you know we've kind of kind of moved him around a little bit and and and, uh, and so he's had to learn a lot of different things. Uh, I, I think I think the thing that you look at with Steph is is you look at a guy that's you know a big physical guy that can run uh, and and so uh, his his issues and his things that he's got to improve on you know, really come from just his understanding of, of what we're trying to ask him to do. Coach, I believe the uh, the Fox broadcast said something like uh, that you guys were going to take the gloves off the defensive halftime or something along those lines. Was that related to the amount you blitzed? And is that easier said than done to just, you know, blitz a lot because it seemed to work? Well, yeah, I mean, it's it's certainly easier said than done, and 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 uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of, there wasn't really a lot of conversation as far as, uh, you know, what we were going to do in the second half. But obviously, um, what we did in the first half was not was not effective. I mean, we 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 uh, uh, we gave up too many points, you know, and and so. Uh, and 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 when you look at it, you know, and you can always go back and, and second guess. Uh, you know, there's some things that that we have some mental breakdowns that that uh, you know cause some some big plays to happen. And and so uh, one of the things coming back out after halftime was, look, we got to get a little bit more aggressive. We're going to have to try to create something because we've got to try to uh, to get possession for our offense. Um, you know, in, in in good field position, where where we got a chance to, you know, maybe get something going offensively also. So, uh, you know, I, I think I think just the game dictated that you know we had to be a little bit more aggressive in the second half. Coach, going back to Steph Anthony, is it a matter of the game this year and the second year coming too fast for him, or what are some of the challenges for you as a coach to get him in the better position to succeed? Yeah, I think I think the biggest challenge is is, is putting him in putting him in a in a, uh, in a position and 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 asking him to do some of the things that that uh, that he does well. And and one thing that he can do well is is you know he can he can he can run and hit. And so we've got to find positions that we can you know put him in those positions where he's got a chance to do those things and and uh, you know maybe take a little bit of the thought process out for it. Dennis, I think it's probably pretty popular to think there's been a progression with your defense. It's young. You've used a lot of different players, and, and you're figuring things out as you go. Do you see inconsistency, or do you see a steady growth, especially with the way this last game ended? Well, 
I started this off by saying that we've got to be more consistent, um, and I think that I think you could probably go across the league, and 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 when you're playing with a lot of young players, I think that's going to be a a, a common uh, a common occurrence is is the consistency uh, because that's uh, that's what it takes to win in this league. I do think that there's been uh, I I do think I've seen improvement. Uh, as as we go along, and especially from from some of the young players, um, but for us to be a a, a a good you know really good defense, uh, we've got to get you know more consistent in and being able to execute a little bit more consistently. You know, da, when you when you mention consistency, are you feeling like you're going to have to, I guess, dial back on some of the things you are teaching and, and just you know. Or are you able to continue to add to the game plan while you're looking looking for that consistency? Well, I think I think uh, you know the things that we try to do. Is, you know, we do, we try not to get out of the realm of conceptually what we've taught up to this point. Um, you know, obviously, if if uh, if you could just do something totally different conceptually, you know, without having a lot of opportunity to work on it and rep it. Uh, then, then uh, you know, I, I don't know why we would go through OTAs and training camp and those types of things uh, if you if it was just that simple as to just you know change uh, you know what you're doing uh, conceptually. So, uh, so we, we still try to you know give a little bit different look, but yet keep it within the realm of what we've what we've taught these guys. You know, uh, from a concept standpoint, as far as you know what our defense is. I don't feel like we've had to limit or cut back or uh you know those things I, I think uh I think what we've what we've had to do as we face some of these injury issues is we we've had to look at okay now who who we got in the game now and what can what what do they do well and how does that relate to you know what we're trying to get to accomplish game plan wise Hey Dennis, uh, how effective do you think Nick Fairley has been so far? Well, I tell you, you know, we, the, the term is going to come up with with a lot of guys is you know just that consistency uh, deal. I do think that I do think the last two games have been two of his better games for us. Uh, you know, um, uh, he he was probably one of the few guys that I felt like you know defensively played solid. Uh, in the Atlanta game, and, and then and then I obviously felt like he played well um, last week against San Diego. I think one of the things that that's going to allow for him to play well or play better is the growth of David Onyemata and being able to feel comfortable putting David Onyemata in the game and taking some of those reps off of Nick, so that the 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 reps that we put on on tape with Nick are fresh uh well rested reps rather than uh you know those tired reps that that sometimes you take when 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 the play counts get too high and when and when Sheldon comes back i mean how how i don't know if you've even thought about it yet but how much you know might some of Nick's snaps go to Sheldon well yeah I, I, look i think i think uh uh, I think that'll be determined once once uh, Sheldon's able to be back and and we figure out where he's at from a uh, you know from a conditioning standpoint and, and and a strength standpoint. I mean he's missed a lot of time, so 
uh, I think that'll be something that that uh, you know we'll have to figure that out as as uh, uh, as he comes back. Now, obviously, you know we're certainly looking forward to getting all our guys that have been been injured. We're looking forward to getting all of them back and 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 uh, you know continuing to try to get better as the season goes on. Coach, as a former defensive back, and, and as you've watched the NFL evolve over the past decade or so, how, how difficult is it to play cornerback and, and or defensive back in today's NFL? Yeah, well, look, it's hard. Um, you know, it's a difficult it's a difficult thing. I think, you know, the number one thing you're looking at is is uh, you know athletically uh, what you're having to go up against on a week in and week out basis with with uh, you know the different size, speed combinations that you see throughout the league, you know, and some of the best athletes in the world uh, out there playing the wide receiver position. So that's the number one challenge. And then based on the way that the rules are these days, uh, you know, they've really made it hard to, to gain an advantage by, you know, being able to be physical and getting your hands on guys. And, and uh, uh, so I think it's, I think it's been a big challenge. I think, I think you've seen uh, a difference in philosophy in pro football um, in, in how teams are really trying to throw the football and spread people out and get the ball out of the quarterback's hands quickly uh, and get it to their good athletes in space and let them have run after catch. So, uh, you know, I think all those things have, have made it more difficult uh, you know, in pass coverage and not really just for the, just for the secondary but for the, for the defense in general. How much does it help your guys knowing you're going up against Drew Brees every day in practice along that same? Yeah, well, look, we get a, we get a chance to compete, uh, you know, against, you know, maybe one of the best ever. So, uh, you know, obviously we don't we don't get a chance to go up against him nearly as much uh, now that we've started the season. Um, you know, some of our young guys do when we're when we're going through the practice reps, but uh, but yeah, certainly going against this offense. Uh, is certainly challenging every time you have to do it, and, and uh, it's a benefit for us. It's Dennis, uh, we were just talking to your, your secondary coach about this. The, the three safety sets that you guys use, I mean, how beneficial is that, and, and how how much of a strength do you think that safety group is for you guys? How much of a what? How much of a strength is that safety group for you guys? Oh, okay, yeah. Um, well, look, I, I think – I think as as we move forward, I think uh, you know one of the things that we have to look at is is you know who are our best football players and how do we get them how do we get them on the field and how do we put them in the best position to uh, to have success and 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 as you start you know sometimes when us as coaches start trying to prove how smart we are by by the certain scheme you you really got to take a step back and just say okay who am I asking to do it all right. What am I asking them to do, and who am who am I asking to do it, and how well do they do it? And, and so, it's really kind of that simple. I mean, this is this game's a this game's a player's game. All right, players make plays, and and so uh, our job is to give them a sound scheme uh, that that gives them a chance to go out there and, and execute and, and and make plays, and and ultimately that's what they got to do on game day. So. Uh, you know, we feel like we got a pretty strong group of safeties, um, you know, with a good mix of veteran presence and young players. And, and so, uh, you know, we feel like they're some of our better players and, and, and we need to uh, continue to use them as we as we have.
Coach, I do have one more follow-up question on Anthony. Um, is it safe to say from a coaching staff that the Saints have not lost confidence in Steph? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. Um, you know, I think uh, I think we still have confidence in Steph, and, and we got to continue to develop him. I mean, look, let's don't forget, here's another young player, you know. Uh, so, um, you know, I think we we still have confidence in him, and, and uh, we're going to continue to work with him and continue to try to improve him. And then Thanks, Dennis, coach. I just have one more, too. Uh, looking at your staff, uh, you were you were a coach, when uh, Brian Young was still a player. Um, but, I mean, how have you seen him develop as a coach? Well, I, I think I think as a coach he attacks the game the same way he did as a player. Uh, you know, he's he's uh, uh, he's gung-ho on, on trying to uh, – you know, trying to figure out every little advantage that we can that we can gain from a whether it be a schematic standpoint or or you know what type of verbal communication can we hear on the on the TV copies to certain techniques or certain uh, pass rush fundamentals. I mean, I, I just think you know he's a he's a tireless worker. He works extremely hard, uh, and and he's he's look he's a detail oriented guy, and and I think that's positive. All right, certainly we'll hear more from the Saints probably starting on Wednesday. Uh, I know that a lot of you will do a great job tonight in watching the Carolina Panthers and uh, getting a real good look at them uh, just days before their meeting with the New Orleans Saints. That's going to do it for us on this Monday. And, again, thanks to Doug Morrow. Great visit with him. Thanks to Jim Eichenhofer, Ashley Amos, and the digital media team with the Pelicans in China for uh, sending some stuff around the world for us to share with you on this Monday. And then Daniel Salerson will be in the uh, host chair tomorrow. Daniel will get you ready for the uh, upcoming fantasy football weekend. It was a crazy one this past one. And, uh, of course, we'll continue our conversation about the Pelicans in China and uh, may have a surprise guest or two uh, tomorrow as well. So that'll do it for us here on the Black and Blue Report. I'm Sean Kelly. Have a great rest of your Monday, everybody. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report, presented by ABC Insurance Agencies a better choice for insurance. If all goes well, we'll be back tomorrow. Tune in each weekday at noon central or at your convenience exclusively online at pelicans.com and neworleansaints.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report.